the Charter Podcast, Episode 15, Carbon Literacy, with Dr. Will McGarry. Carbon Literacy Training is a training course which provides students with an understanding of how carbon dioxide impacts our environment, impacts our climate, and also an understanding of what they can do, both individually and as part of society, uh, to make it different to climate change. So anthropogenic climate change is a man-made phenomenon. It is something that has been caused by the cumulative greenhouse gas emissions, primarily carbon, of humanity since the Industrial Revolution. Climates have always changed, but the scale and global nature of current climate change is something that we have never seen before, as is the rapid rate at which our climate uh, is changing. Um, understanding climate change, understanding how it works, how we contribute to it, what our own contribution to it is, is a really, really important first step in knowing how we can make a difference in responding to climate change. One of the things about climate change is in the really in the last five to ten years, its impact on our society has become impossible to ignore. But what it means is that it's happened so quickly um, that people are often caught out people in all sorts of professions, from archaeologists like myself, right the way up to people working in government, don't really have the training and the understanding in what causes climate change to know how to respond to it. So carbon literacy training provides people with that foundation, and it's particularly important for our students, because more than any other issue they're going to face in the future, the climate crisis is going to define their careers and is going to define the trajectories of their lives. And it's critically important that this starts with a firm scientific understanding of what climate change is, where it comes from, and how we contribute to it. The nature of climate change is that a lot of people don't really understand how it works. We understand the broad principles. We understand that our Earth is heating up and this is having an impact on things. But do we really understand how our day-to-day -day actions, how our, we do things on a day-to-day -day basis changes the climate? For example, do people know how much carbon is involved in a hamburger? Or if we leave our lights on for 20 hours, how much carbon does that produce versus running your dishwasher or drying your clothes in a tumble dryer? What about travel? We hear about the impacts of global air travel on carbon, but how does that actually compare to getting in a car and driving across the country on a staycation? What are the benefits of hybrid vehicles versus electrical vehicles? We need to be thinking about these things and there is a serious lack of knowledge in our society about the actual contributions these things make to carbon. The origins of carbon literacy training. Carbon literacy training was not started by us. It was started by an organization called the Carbon Literacy Project who are actually based in Manchester. They created a series of resources built around three or four modules which takes the person and the individual through an understanding of climate change, right from its impacts to exploring issues surrounding climate justice and equity to finally discussing the individual and societal differences that we can make. In our example at Queen's, we worked with a local charity called Keep Northern Ireland Beautiful to develop a series of training resources specifically designed and bespoke for our own students and for our own staff. Our first training started last year, where we offered training to a wide cohort of people across the university in a voluntary capacity. People signed up 
and they attended training online and they were then given a certification for having completed the training. This was really effective, but what it didn't do was provide a single cohort with the same level of understanding. It was necessarily selective because people volunteered to do it. But it also meant that the people who did it were probably already aware and keen to get involved in climate change related activities. In the School of Natural Built Environment, where we ran carbon literacy training last week, it was particularly important that all our incoming first-year students were involved in the training, regardless of whether or not they had an interest in climate change or not. And that's what made our training unique last week. Carbon literacy training is built around three key modules. The first module uh, explores the climate science. It explores wh why climate change is happening and what is contributing towards it. It explores how the cumulative greenhouse gas emissions, and particularly carbon, over the last 150 years has resulted in global warming and a heating up of our planet, which is leading to changes in the climate. It also explores the impacts of these changing climates on our society, both internationally, but in this case more specifically for Northern Ireland. Students are encouraged to think about a place that is important to them and then to think about what the potential impacts of climate change might be on that place. We really want students to think personally about this issue, to think personally about the impacts of climate change on their lives. Module 1 tends to be quite depressing. You can't get away from the science of climate change and how terrifying it really is. And so in Module 2, we move on to thinking about questions of how climate change impacts society more broadly. We think about climate justice. Um, we think about the people who are impacted by climate change, both in Northern Ireland and internationally, and how very often these are the people who have been least responsible for causing the problem in the first place, and yet they are the people most likely to suffer. They are also groups of people least capable to adapt to changing climates. Finally then, in Module 3, what we look at is what can we do as individuals to make a difference to the climate crisis. This is not just about individual action, like turning off lights or changing the way we eat or how we travel, although all those things are really, really important. It's also looking at the bigger picture of what our societies need to do to change. We need to see a cultural change and the role at which our students can play in that, both now and in the future. This part is really important because at the heart of the climate crisis is a fundamental unfairness. That is that by the time our students were born, the concentration of greenhouse gases in the atmosphere were already changing the global climate. They have not been responsible for this. Much like the COVID crisis, the financial crisis, the, ho the housing crisis, every other crisis they are going to be forced to endure, they have not caused this crisis, and yet we are expecting them to be the ones to lead the way in solving it. And so Module 3 invites them to think about how they might do that how they might vote, how they might think about influencing politicians, what they might do in their own lives, but also a society in general to make a difference going forward. Because these guys really are the key to the future in Northern Ireland and the key to making a real impact in the issue of climate change. The issue of climate justice. At the heart of understanding climate change is understanding the inequality of it. Climate change really is a product of the collective emissions of the first world. 
And it's not just our collective emissions now. It's been our emissions for the last 150 years, during which time we have enriched our societies by taking petrocarbons out of the ground and burning them. We have sailed the world using people's resources. Um, and now our impacts continue to be felt in the very countries who have historically often suffered the most. The recent IPCC Working Group 2 report, which looks at adaptations, identified for the first time a strong correlation between the processes of colonialism and vulnerability impact in these countries. This means there is a direct link between our actions in the past and the vulnerability of societies today. And we need look no further than the changing climates and its impacts on societies in Africa, or most recently Pakistan, to understand how our contribution to climate change over the last 150 years continues to perpetuate a historical injustice. Pakistan produces a minuscule amount of the global carbon being pumped into the atmosphere, yet it is incredibly vulnerable to its impacts. We have seen recently unprecedented flooding which has displaced millions upon millions of people. By some estimates, one-third of the administrative regions in Pakistan are partially or completely underwater or have been in the last few weeks. But this is just one part of a bigger story. Changing climates in Africa are leading to people having to leave their countries to go and try and find lives elsewhere. Challenges to do with immigration, migration, refugees that our societies are being forced to deal with are often a direct consequences of the carbon which we put into the atmosphere. We have a responsibility to respond to this in a just and equitable way and we're not. Because if we think that the climate migration challenges we're faced at the moment are unmanageable, the future is going to be absolutely terrifying. And it's not just going to be people from poor countries. Large parts of Australia are going to be unlivable in within 20 or 30 years' time. Wildfires are burning towns in America. We've seen drought across Europe, even in parts of Europe that traditionally do not get droughts this summer, where water levels have hit a historic low, lows we haven't seen for hundreds of years. And even in that case, they're not regional, they're across the entire area. So climate change is the ultimate geopolitical challenge. We're seeing impacts in New York as much as we're seeing them in New Guinea. And we need to respond to it politically. But it needs to be fair, it needs to be just, it needs to be equitable. We cannot save global cultures and societies by asking people to stay poor. We need to make sure that when sacrifices need to be made, they are made by the people who can best afford to do it. And unfortunately, that's us. But it should be us, because we are the people who've caused it. The future. I'm part of the School of Natural and Built Environment, which is a collection of disciplines, including archaeologists and paleoecologists, architects, planners, civil engineers and geographers. And so we really see ourselves at the cutting edge of this issue. We are ideally situated to address both the cultural and social aspects of climate change, but also the physical and the hard science. And that places our students in a unique position of being able to learn from a wide range of staff in these areas, not just thinking about changes to global temperatures or melting ice sheets, 
but also thinking about questions of social justice, thinking about climate migration, thinking about questions of just transitions, which are so important in making sure that climate action is both equitable and fair. Our plan with carbon literacy training is not to stop here. Uh, just like last year, we piloted this on a cohort of people from across the university, and this year we're doing it with entire cohorts from individual schools. The eventual vision would be for every student coming into Queen's to undertake carbon literacy training. This is a big enough issue that we need to be thinking at a huge scale, and carbon literacy training is not even just about students. It's about staff, it's about people in every profession across Northern Ireland and internationally. Teachers, business, commerce, all these areas need to be thinking about climate change and what they can do to respond to it. One of the great challenges our students face is they're looking at a bleak future. The impacts of climate change are serious. We only need to look at the recent floods in Pakistan or the wildfires in Australia and California um, to realise that things aren't going to get any better in the immediate future. And this is really depressing. I know myself and other experts working in the area of climate change get pretty depressed and pretty upset about these things. And that's an anxiety that's felt even more severely by our students because they're young, they've got their whole lives ahead of them. But one of the key things about carbon literacy training is that it's not just about how bad things are or how bad things will get. It's about how we can make a difference. It's built on the premise that our actions matter and the actions of our societies matter and those are things that we have a say in. We're hoping that our students can come out of this training, can go into their degrees, can go into the world, go into Northern Ireland and internationally and really make a difference. In a sense then, hope is at the centre of carbon literacy training. Hope in the fact that we can make a difference and that the future can be better. Thanks to Dr. Will McGarry of the School of Natural and Built Environment and to the Keep Northern Ireland Beautiful team. For more information, visit carbonliteracy.com. Follow us on social media at QUB Engagement and for more in this series, visit our website go.qub.ac.uk slash charter hyphen podcast or subscribe to Queen's University Belfast, the Charter Podcast on all the main podcast platforms.